Hello, this is Nikdha from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 1st of November. India's COVID-19 count rose above 81,84,000 or 8.1 million today with close to 47,000 new cases recorded in the last 24 hours. The country's death toll increased by 470 to over 1,22,000. The number of active cases in the country however have fallen below the 6 lakh mark. The national recovery rate continued to improve at 91.54% currently and the case fatality rate remains at 1.49%. While cases have fallen sharply across the country, experts have warned that there could be another surge due to the festive season. With the COVID-19 situation slowly coming under control, Assam Health Minister Himanta Biswa Sarma on Saturday issued relaxations for those travelling both to and from the state. Sarma said that the relaxations in the new standard operating procedure will be applicable for all air, train and road passengers. The order issued by the principal secretary to the health department after Sarma's announcement said that any person travelling to Assam with a negative RT-PCR test from their point of origin within a period of 72 hours will not have to get tested on arrival. At 1.86%, West Bengal has recorded the second highest death rate in the country after Maharashtra's 2.6%. The national average hovers around 1.5%. In the initial phases of the pandemic, West Bengal's COVID death rate was a whopping 12.5%. A large number of elderly citizens with comorbidities, a high population density, and a negligence towards hospitalisation were among the reasons for rising COVID-19-related deaths and positivity rates in West Bengal. The Tamil Nadu government on Saturday announced that classes 9 and above in schools along with colleges will be allowed to reopen from November 16th with the COVID-19 safety protocols. The Odisha government on the other hand has revised school guidelines and deferred the reopening of schools from classes 9 to 12 beyond November 16th. According to the new notification, all academic institutions across the state will remain closed till 30th of November. Last week Delhi too had decided to keep schools shut until further notice. Meanwhile in Rajasthan in a bid to prevent the spread of coronavirus the Rajasthan government on Saturday introduced an amendment bill in the state assembly to make wearing a face mask mandatory. Bharat Biotech is planning to launch its vaccine for COVID-19 in the second quarter of next year if it gets the requisite approvals from the Indian regulatory authorities. It said its immediate focus is to conduct phase 3 of trials successfully across sites in the country. There was a total shutdown in Kashmir on Saturday after a call by Hurriyat Conference to protest against the new land laws notified by the Center for the Union Territory on October 27th. The amended laws allow any Indian citizen to buy land in the region. Earlier, under Article 370, only permanent residents could do so. This has given rise to fears amongst Kashmiris about possible demographic changes in the region. The center's notification stated that the term being permanent resident of the state as a criteria has been omitted. Shops, petrol pumps and other businesses were shut down in Srinagar. Public transport also largely remained off the roads, but private cars and auto rickshaws were plying in certain areas. Security personnel were stationed in large numbers in vulnerable areas of Srinagar and across the valley. The shutdown was observed in North Kashmir, Sopor, Kupwara, Handwara, Bandipur and other areas. In South Kashmir, Anantnag, Pulwama, Kulgam and Pampor were among the areas that saw a shutdown. On Wednesday, the Hurriyat had issued a call for the shutdown.
It said that the laws are being amended and thrust upon the people of Jammu and Kashmir one after the other. In its statement, the Hurriyat said, and I quote, Rather than pursue a peaceful resolution of the Jammu and Kashmir issue involving millions of humans living in the uncertainty of a conflict as per their will and to ensure peace in the region, all attempts are being made to undermine that possibility by the government of India and instead a policy of permanent demographic change is being aggressively pushed to snatch our land, destroy our identity and turn us into a minority in our own land. Imagine Srinagar 15 years from now. Instead of spools of barbed wire ringing the iconic Lal Chowk, there are slick shopping malls. The Dal Lake, instead of being impinged upon by houseboats, is a conservation site with floating gardens. The bypass road skirting the city's southern and western edges is the gateway to a special investment corridor. This is Kashmir's capital envisioned in the Srinagar Master Plan of 2035. What is behind this vision? Whom is it for? And crucially, was it merely a coincidence that this vision of the city's future appeared just a few months before the Kashmiri people were stripped of their constitutional safeguards? To find out, do read Evita Das's piece titled Was Kashmir Being Readied for a Demographic Change Even Before Article 370 Was Scrapped? You'll find the article on newslaundry.com. Referring to a recent ruling of the Allahabad High Court which said that religious conversion for the sake of marriage is unacceptable, Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath has warned those who have been waging love jihad to mend their ways or be prepared for their last journey. In an event in Jaunpur where a by-election will be held for an assembly seat on 3rd of November, the Chief Minister said that the Allahabad High Court had ruled that religious conversion for marriage is not necessary. He said, and I quote, it should not be done, it should not be accepted or recognized. The government too is in the process of deciding tough measures to end love jihad. Chori chupe naam chupakar jo log behen betiyo ki izzat ke saath khilwar karte hain, unko pehle se meri chetavni. Agar wo sudhre nahi, to ram naam satya hai ki yatra nikalne wali hai. Meaning, this is my last warning to those who hide their names and play with the honour of our sisters and daughters. Mend your ways or be prepared for your funeral procession. Adityanath also brought up his government's Mission Shakti programme. He said that the mission's objective is to ensure the security and honour of sisters and daughters. In the recent months, we have seen several incidents of brutal caste and religion-based gender violence that have left the nation shocked. On August 25th, 17-year-old Neha was found dead 500 metres from her home in Uttar Pradesh's Lakhimpur Kheri. She had been murdered and allegedly raped. The same day, 18-year-old Muhammad Dilshad, a tailor in Neemgao's Bejam block, was arrested. This is a case of love jihad, the BJP MLA from Lakhimpur Kheri, Saurabh Singh Sonu, told News Laundry. The police, on the other hand, have clarified that the case has no religious angle. To delve deeper into the increasing instances of violence against women, especially in Uttar Pradesh, my colleagues Nidhi Suresh and Akanksha Kumar visited Lakhimpur Kheri, a place that has been in the news for multiple such crimes, a number of them involving minors and Dalits. To know more about what happened to Neha, do read their ground report titled, Amid Love Jihad Claims, Lakhimpur Kheri Victim's Family Waits for Justice. You'll find the report on newslaundry.com. Before I move on to the next news story, dear listeners, here is a small request. If you think we at News Laundry are doing a good job by bringing you stories about ground realities and telling you news that actually matters, please do consider buying a monthly subscription to News Laundry. 
It costs as low as 300 rupees a month, but it helps us stay independent so we can continue bringing you stories like this. No advertisers, whether it is the government or big corporates in the middle, to keep you from hearing the truth. So go to the website and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. A year after his voluntary retirement from the service, former Finance Secretary Subhash Chandra Garg has claimed that he did not share a good and productive working relationship with Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman and that she was among the key reasons for his abrupt exit from the government. Garg said, and I quote, Nirmala Sitaraman has a very different personality, knowledge endowment, skill set and approach for economic policy issues and also for the officers working with her. It became quite apparent very early on that working with her was going to be quite difficult and it might not be conducive to undertaking necessary reforms for the attainment of the objective of building a $10 trillion economy of India. In his long post, Garg also claimed that Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman had insisted on his transfer from the Ministry of Finance in June 2019. He also said, and I quote again, serious difference also developed in some key issues like economic capital framework of the RBI, package for dealing with problems of non-banks, resolution of non-banks, partial credit guarantee scheme, capitalization of non-banks like IIFCL and other financial entities and the like. Very soon, not only had our personal relationship soured, but the official working relationship also became quite unproductive, unquote. Garg had in July last year formally sought voluntary retirement from his service hours after the government issued orders transferring him to the Ministry of Power. He was relieved from his service on October 31, 2019. Two men have been arrested in Uttar Pradesh for allegedly duping a doctor into buying an Aladdin's lamp that they promised would bring him wealth and health. As a part of the scam, they even pretended to conjure up spirits from the lamp. The men had reportedly wanted almost a crore and a half rupees for the lamp but settled for a down payment of 31 lakh rupees. The third suspect, who is a female, is at large. The doctor reportedly filed a complaint with the local police in Meerut earlier this week. In the complaint quoted by NDTV, he said that he met two men when he began treating a woman he understood to be their mother over a course of a month. He said that gradually they started telling him about a Baba or a Godman whom they claimed also visited their home. Then they started brainwashing the doctor and asking him to meet this Baba. Later, the doctor did meet this Baba who seemed to perform such rituals. He also reportedly said that during one visit, Aladdin actually made an appearance in front of him and it was only later that he realized one of the accused had been dressing up as the iconic figure. Other reports in the media suggest that the suspects pretended to conjure up a genie to convince the doctor of the lamp's authenticity. The men eventually offered the lamp, promising it would bring wealth and health and good fortune. A senior police officer, Amit Rai, told NDTV that the same men were suspected of cheating other families in similar ways. And now for some international updates. More than 46 million people around the world have been infected with COVID-19 so far and over 1.2 million out of them have lost their lives to the pandemic. The United States reported nearly 100,000 new cases, a single-day record with two dozen states breaking records. Hospitalizations and deaths are also trending upward in the nation. Across the country, more than 46,600 people were hospitalized with the virus on Friday, marking an increase of about 25% over the last two weeks. The country has averaged just over 800 deaths a day over the last one week. 
As the second wave of COVID-19 is spreading across Europe, countries are reluctantly inching towards varying degrees of partial lockdown. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced expansive new restrictions on Saturday that effectively established a national lockdown. In Italy, announcing a 6pm curfew for the country's restaurants and bars, the Italian Prime Minister called for national unity. He said, and I quote, If we all respect these new rules during the month of November, we will succeed in keeping the curve under control. That way we will be able to ease the restrictions and move into Christmas with greater serenity. Unquote. France's Emmanuel Macron, meanwhile, announced a new national lockdown that will last until at least 1st of December. He warned France that the new wave of infections was likely to be deadlier than the first. In Belgium, where COVID-19 is spreading faster than any other European country, the new Prime Minister hoped that a team of 11 million Belgians would pull together to follow tighter regulations. Europe once again has become the centre of the global pandemic, accounting for almost half of the world's infections last week. In Slovakia, meanwhile, nearly half of the entire population was tested for coronavirus on Saturday as the country began a two-day testing programme. The government hopes it will bring the virus under control without further lockdown measures. Of the 2.58 million Slovaks who took the test, 1% tested positive. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.